Rabbi Meir teaches us that if a person learns Torah lishma for the sake of Torah, the person will benefit many, many things, which seems a bit strange because if the person is learning lishma for the sake of Hashem or for the sake of Torah, why would they be interested in achieving or gaining many, many things? So let's explore exactly what Rabbi Meir meant. Rabbi Meir, it says in the Brisa that when Rabbi Meir taught any person who learns Torah lishma, will be zoicha, will merit many, many things. Then he gives a whole list of various things that will happen to the person that the person will merit because they've learned Torah lishma. So Daphne Fashtay, we really have to understand this. Vos faras sugidin is Rabbi Meir Oisem itzayin hira. Who's Rabbi Meir talking to? Mimonavshach. Whichever way you look at it, it makes no sense. Reta vegenayin vos itzayin loinen ishshon loinen ishshon lishma. If Rabbi Meir is addressing an audience of people who are already learning Torah for Hashem's sake or for the Torah's sake, tavos is im negea as if it's zeich zayin to dvarim harbe. So why would that person be concerned with all the things that he's going to get for learning Torah? He's not learning Torah to get things or to merit things. He's learning Torah because. It's Torah. He's learning Torah for its sake, because it is Torah. He's not learning in order to get things. So if that's the audience, why is Rabbi Meir even telling him about the things he might merit? Any if Rabbi Meir is addressing somebody who's not yet at the level where they'll learn Torah simply for Torah's sake, and Rabbi Meir's intention is to inspire this person to now begin to learn Torah. Well, then that also doesn't make sense. Because if Rabbi Meir's motivation is to inspire this person to learn Lishma and then dangles a carrot of all these things that the person will get, then Rabbi Meir is actually not assisting them to learn Torah Lishma. So who is his audience? Perhaps the easiest way to answer this would have been that we can say what Rabbi Meir intends is similar to what the Rambam explains. Where the Rambam says, how come it is that the Torah offers us physical things as a reward for fulfilling mitzvahs and learning Torah? Which surely those material offerings are far, far less significant than what the Torah and mitzvahs actually have in, in terms of their own value. So the Rambam explains the intention is that a Jewish person should realize that what? So the Rambam explains it's not that the reward is actually valuable. Rather, rather that a, a person should know that if a person fulfills Torah mitzvahs with gladness of heart and with joy, then the Ebishter will remove all the things that might have been obstacles to fulfilling Torah mitzvahs. And the Ebishter will provide all of the good things that we need in order to support us in learning Torah. In other words, it's not a reward, it's assistance so that we can do a better job going forward of Torah mitzvahs. We have shown that we're interested, so the Ebishter will help us. Maybe it's the same thing here about Derech Zibin if you're a person who is engaged in Torah for its sake, that person can anticipate that they will merit a whole lot of things. 
And those things, all of these things will help remove any obstacles or distractions from learning Torah. This person wants to learn Torah, so they're just going to help. Here are a whole lot of things that will help you to be able to focus better and learn Torah. Various gleich mamshech, as he explains, right there. Rabbi Mary says, not only are you going to get these things, but the entire world is worthwhile just for this person who's learning Torah, lishma. What's meant? In other words, it means as nit nor zayin dinyonim ha'dinyonim ha'ilam nit mevalbel. Rabbi Mary is telling us right there. It's not just that the issues of this world will not interfere with a person's Torah learning. But more than that, the entire world is suited to this person. So, Rabbi Mary says, if you're learning Torah Lishma, everything in the world is now designated to assist you to be able to learn with the greatest peace of mind and the greatest tranquility. So maybe that's the explanation. Rabbi Mary is trying to tell us, if we learn Torah Lishma, Debesh will help us to succeed further. The only problem is, Der Bir is Abanit Maspik. It's actually not a sufficient explanation because, if you look at the list of the things that Rabbi Meir promises the person who learns Torah Lishma, only some of them fit into the category of removing obstacles out of our way so we can learn more Torah and do more mitzvahs. But many of the things on the list don't fit into the category of, a, of something that's removed out of your way so you have one less obstacle. They don't fit this list. So back to square one. Who is Rabbi Meir talking to? And, and why is his message? You're going to merit things through learning Torah Lishma. So let's have, have a look at some of the things on the list and that will raise some other questions for us. Of the things Rabbi Mary puts on the list of what you'll get or merit from learning Torah Lishma, some of the things on the list do not seem to be suited specifically to learning Torah Lishma. We'll use a few examples, right? Number one, one of the things that he says will happen to the person who learns Torah Lishma is that person will end up loving Hashem and loving people. That's not a reward or merit that you get for learning Torah Lishma. That's a requirement of the Torah. These are positive mitzvahs. That you have to love Hashem, you have to love people. It's not a result of learning Torah Lishma. Why is it on the, on the list? Another example, base. The person who learns Torah Lishma, it will distance that person from doing Averis. So what are we suggesting? That a person has to first achieve the level of learning Torah, Lishma, and only then will they have the capacity to stay away from Averis? Surely, a person doesn't have to reach the stage of Torah Lishma just to be afraid of the Avera itself, or even to be afraid of the consequence of the Avera. Surely that's enough to stop a person from, or distance the person from an Avera. The truth is, we've already learned earlier in Pirkei a very clear formula to stay away from Avera. Focus on three things. And you'll never enter into the zone of doing an Avera. And the three, three things to focus on are really simple things. Where have you come from, where you're going, who you're going to stand in front of in judgment. And those are things that already stop a person from doing an Avera. So why do we now need to say, no, if you learn Torah Lishma, one of the benefits is it keeps you away from doing an Avera. Well, get your focus right and you won't do an Avera. Another example, the third one we'll look at is Michael al-Elboinoi. 
person who learns Torah Lishma will be willing to forgive if they, if they are in any way uh, embarrassed or, or, or abused or whatever. So they also, it doesn't seem like, wow, this is one of the amazing achievements of the person who learns Torah Lishma. Being able to forgive humiliation, which means the person feels embarrassed, but they're willing to forego it. That's not the ultimate state of a person who surrenders the ego completely. Atifre bitulis when the elben altim ibrohifnit. The ultimate state of personal submission would be they don't feel the shame in the first place because they don't feel that I'm an entity, an ego that that has now been <coughs> that has now been disdained. So therefore, when a filz achnit baleidik baleidik so the person never feels the elboin. So why is moichel al elboin? The fact that he's willing to forgive somebody who has shamed him. A big deal that is reserved for somebody who learns Torah Lishma. Surely we'd expect more than that. That person would reach a point that it doesn't bother them. They don't have an ego to be offended. Besides that, we're going to look at the language used in this Mishnah and pick up a few things which seem to be a little unusual. So let's look at some of them. One of the strange expressions that Rabbi Meir uses is that when a person learns totally Shema, it clothes that person in humility and fear of God. That's an Why doesn't he just use a regular expression? That if a person learns totally Shema, he becomes humble or he becomes God-fearing. Or he attains the level of humility or the level of fear of God. Why? He's clothed with humility and fear of God. Strange expression. But is another unusual expression. How come he says that if a person learns Torah Lishma, others will enjoy advice and even salvation through his advice? Why doesn't it just say, people will seek his advice? Or will accept his advice? And thirdly, Gimel, the last statement that Rabbi Mary makes about the values and merits that a person gets from learning Torah is that it makes a person great and elevates him higher than all other creatures or beings. What's the difference between Megadaltoi or Mamtoi? That it makes the person great and makes the person elevated or exalted. What's the difference? So let's try and understand the entire purpose of Rabbi Meir's Mishnah and therefore, thereby all the various details by knowing this. Rabbi Meir's Meir is talking over here about a very specific category of person, somebody who is oisek, that means that they invest a tremendous amount of time and energy in learning Torah, lishma, which means, what's the kavon in them is, Lishma means when we say that a person learns Lishma, we intend as we nit zulip ois nutzen der limud eif velchasis tachlis oisen dem limud gufa. If a person's learning Lishma, then the purpose of their learning is for no other subsequent purpose. I'm not learning to. I'm learning because I'm learning. Meaning to say, that means that a person learns Lishma, they're not only learning so that they'll benefit. Uh, or they're, they're not only learning so they'll connect to Hashem, they're not even learning so that they'll get a spiritual value out of it. For example, I need to know how I'm supposed to behave as a Jewish person. That's a positive spiritual value that a person should aspire towards. The loy made lishma is not looking for that practical outcome. 
so that I'll actually be able to fulfill mitzvahs. Now, Why is the person learning Torah? Because Torah is valuable. To know Torah is a value. Just learning Torah is that person's goal and intention. That's Lishma. On Oisik Batayra Lishma meant, here Rabbi Meir doesn't just say the person is loymed, he's learning Lishma, but he says Oisik, he's toiling in learning Lishma. That means as I lent in the Moifan Fun Omit Omol Vigir, that means that this person is learning with a tremendous amount of effort and personal investment. He uses the word Oisik, which is related to the word business. Like a business person, Vasir is in dem Fanumen Tog und Nacht. A business person who owns his own business is completely consumed by the business all the time, 24-7. B is a head nituf zu trachen wegen dem. In fact, he never stops thinking about the business. That's oisek ba lishma. Completely consumed by learning teru lishma. Azoi, in other words, what's Rabbi Meir telling us? As ein ganze chayis und haravanya is in him with lishma. We're dealing over here with an individual who's everything, all of his energy, all of his time, all of his... Talents are invested in learning Torah Lishma because that becomes his reality. That becomes him. Who is this person? And Oisik Torah Lishma. That's who he is. That's everything about him. Somebody who's completely invested 24-7 in learning Torah Lishma. Okay, now if we're dealing with that kind of a person, that kind of a person may actually have a question about how he should fulfill his Avoidas Hashem because there are other components to serving Hashem besides just learning Torah Lishma. Seeing as we're discussing over here, somebody who's learning that person may have a personal issue he wants to resolve. We know very well the Gemari Vomis tells us that if you have a person who says, I only have Torah, implying and mitzvahs, etc. are not so relevant, we tell that person you don't even have Torah either. In order for a person to really have Torah, that Torah has to be accompanied also with acts of goodness and kindness. So now you've got a person whose complete focus in life is to learn Torah Lishma, and we're telling that person, hang on a second, but you also have to have Gemilis Chasodim in your life. Now the only way you can have Gemilas Chassadim is you have to engage with other people because who else are you going to be kind to? You can't just be kind to yourself. So you can't sit in your cubicle and learn Torah all day. <coughs> You've got to reach, reach out and touch other people. And to be able to really do Gemilas Chassadim properly, the person also has to focus on refining their own character. So they actually empathize with the other person. Not to be arrogant, etc. This is all a lot of work. It's different work to the work of Torah Lishma. That's just in terms of interpersonal relations. The truth is even between our relationship with Hashem, there are many aspects of our relationship with Hashem, for example, to awaken within ourselves a true love of Hashem, to have real fear of God, awe of God. Those things don't just happen as a matter of course or nature. They take work. They feel hard and you've got to work really, really hard to, uh, to cultivate and to stimulate love and fear of God. 
especially when consider the way the Rambam describes it, how does a person achieve love and awe of Hashem? He says, the person has to spend time contemplating the amazing extent and sophistication of Hashem's creation, in which you'll, you'll recognize Hashem's tremendous wisdom, that will stimulate you that you have a feeling of love towards God towards Hashem. When you actually think about these things, that will immediately cause a person to kind of back off from their own ego and stand in absolute awe of Hashem. Now that takes time, it takes focus, it takes attention. So therefore the person whose entire being is consumed with learning Torah 24-7, for Hashem's sake, he has a big question. Seeing as his entire focus and investment of energy is in learning Torah When's he going to do all the other things? And when's he going to have the impact of all the other areas? Touching other people, helping other people, being good to other people, empathizing with other people, developing love of Hashem. So this person says, I'm so busy learning Torah, maybe I'm going to lose out on major chunks of what it is to be a Jewish person. Let's assume that there was a different kind of a person who was learning Torah not for Torah's sake per se. But he was learning Torah to know how is a Jewish person supposed to live. And therefore, part of what he was learning is how you do all the other areas of how you serve Hashem. Then, of course, there's no clash over here. Because the learning leads to the practice, and the practice translates the learning. Then it makes actually perfect sense. It all dovetails so perfectly. I'm learning in order to do, so therefore the learning brings me to do. But that's not the candidate we're describing over here. We're talking here about somebody whose focus is learning Torah for its sake. This is a person who doesn't begin to consider what do I get out of it? How does it grow me as a person? It's not his focus. He's learning Torah because there's a value in learning Torah. He's learning Torah because to know Torah is valuable, infinitely valuable. So we're talking over here about a person then who is in a constant state of not thinking about himself, where am I holding, what's my spiritual level, etc. Doesn't even have the time, let alone the attention, to work out, have I refined my personality or not? And the person certainly doesn't have the time or attention to start thinking about and have I touched this person and helped that person and been empathetic to this person. So Rabbi Meir says, this person who learns Torah Lishma is going to have this burning question in his mind all the time. If I'm learning Torah Lishma, and that's my ASEC, that's my full-time investment and occupation, where will the rest of Judaism happen? Is Rabbi Meir Mechadesh. Rabbi Meir tells this person, let me share with you an innovative insight that you're going to get much more than you expect. Because the person learns Torah for its purpose, that person merits to have other things happen to them. Here he's highlighting the fact that you merit, not that you are rewarded with, in other words, you 
did a particular thing and it succeeds, you worked in your Torah learning and that gave you the schus to attract other areas of personal development as well. Let's understand that. When the Ebishter gives a reward to a Jewish person for learning Torah, doing a mitzvah, the schar is always is to the Torah mitzvah It will always be relative to how many mitzvahs you did, how much Torah you learned, how much you invested in the Torah learning, in the doing of the mitzvahs, etc. Not in terms as a direct outcome of the mitzvah. You do this mitzvah, you get that kind of reward. It's kind of like, Debesha says, this is the setup. It's almost like a school line. In other words, you do this, you get that. So Debesha says, you do these mitzvahs, I'll give you these rewards. Because we know that the Torah identifies each mitzvah has a unique reward associated with it. That helps us to understand that it's not as if the Ebishter has some kind of a generic list of things. Do mitzvahs, you get these things. But rather each schar is tailor-made to suit the particular mitzvah. That tells us that there's a link between the mitzvah and the particular schar that it activates. Now that's if you take the view that the Ebishter has decided, do this, and I will craft for you a schar, which is similar to what you did. Now there's another view that says, do this, and the natural consequence will be a particular energy or reward or brocha that comes into your life. Well, then it goes without saying that the so-called reward or bracha must match the nature of the mitzvah. So now let's plug that into our story over here about the person who's learning Torah Lishma. What's the so-called reward for the person who's dedicated their life to learn Torah for its sake? The reward must be in that same sphere. In other words, this person wants to connect to Torah. What is the outcome, the so-called reward? They have a connection to Hashem, whose Torah it is, because the Ebishter and Torah are one. So by learning Torah with absolute dedication to the Torah, the person ends up with absolute connection to the Ebishter, Noisen HaTorah. So now all the other things that Rabbi Meir is going to describe, People are going to come to you for advice, or you'll have humility, etc. Not one of those things can be called sakhar, because the sakhar always matches the input. This person's input is connection to Torah, learning Torah for Torah's sake. To tell that person, oh, because you did that, we're going to give you a whole lot of these benefits, the person's going to say, ma kesher, how do they link? So we can't call that sakhar. Because not one of those things on the list illustrates the point of learning Torah which is that it forges a connection between you and Hashem who presented the Torah. That's what Rabbi Meir says. You're right. Those things don't match up as the schar, the reward, the mida, keneged mida, for the Torah learning. So therefore, as in tzugov, tzumika schar al stitzof, Rabbi Meir's input over here is besides the actual direct meaningful reward for having learned Torah, lishma, which is that you have this absolute connection to the Ebishter, besides that is her oich zechelit harbe. 
you'll also merit other things that are, so to speak, unrelated. The person gets in a way of, wow, this was a schus. It was something I didn't necessarily invest in and get the return on my investment. These are bonuses. A whole lot of things that are not as advanced or as powerful as what you get from learning Torah Lishma. And the value of having all these other benefits is it will help this person who has dedicated his life to learn Torah Lishma and is now worried about other areas of Torah. Don't worry, you'll be Zoycha. You will merit things that will help you, fill, help you fill in the gaps of the other areas of Torah that are not naturally addressed through Limit HaTorah Lishma. Okay, so let's have a look more specifically at these things. Of the things that are on this list, Rabbi Meir promises the person who learns Torah Lishma, there are actually going to be two categories. Some of the things on the list are like an automatic gift. So the person who learns Torah Lishma, automatically they get these things. person doesn't have to do any further investment to get these particular benefits. That's one category. And then there are other things on the list that the person is zoicher to, that Ibrish gives this person, but as kind of unfinished products, and the person still has to make some investment to get the full benefit of those bonus products. In, in other words, somebody else would not be able to get what this person can get with as little effort as this person would have to put in. But he still has to do something. It, they, they're, they're not freebies. Okay, so Rabbi Meir is telling him, over and above the schar of limud lishma, which is his kashos to Hashem, you're going to get a whole lot of other things. They will help you fill in the gaps of the other areas of your Yiddish guide that you're worried might be neglected. Some of those things are just going to be automatic and some of those things are going to still require some minimum input from you. We'll see the distinction between these two categories in the language that we pointed out early, earlier that we thought was unusual in the Mishnah. Right? Close the person in humility and fear of God. It prepares the person to become a tzadik chosid and neman. It keeps the person away from an aver. It brings the person closer to tzchus. All of these things, Davish is giving the person a, a kind of a, a, a head start. They now have to do something to complete the process. So, let's start with the first. When a person learns Torah Lishma, that creates a levush, a clothing of humility and a fear of God. The Torah piled by him as a zolhavim de midas anova unira bederech levush. What does that mean? That this person now has the capacity for humility, has the capacity for fear of Hashem, but it's like a garment. What is a garment? In an oifen chitzoni, something which is somewhat superficial to the person. Ve'alavosh efen adam, like clothing, which is not you, something on you. So the the humility and fear of Hashem that enters this person's life is like a, an addition to the life, something superimposed onto the life. People 
But it's not that the person is now humble. The person has humility about them. They have fear of Hashem about them. They still have to work to inculcate that so it becomes them. Likewise, the Torah prepares the person to become a tzaddik. It doesn't turn the person into a tzaddik. paves the way for the person to be a tzaddik and a yoshar and a nemon, etc. And likewise... It also creates a certain barrier between this person and Averis. It's not an absolute immunity, but it creates a greater distance between this person and an Averis. And it brings this person closer to doing mitzvahs. But if this this wants to actually be a tzaddik or a neman or a chosid or whatever, wants to actually avoid our virus completely and engage completely in mitzvahs. He's going to have to invest in that. It's not going to happen automatically. And that also helps us to understand why this person is given the capacity to be forgiving over his embarrassment, but he still feels the embarrassment. When a person learns Torah, which is Hashem's words, which are compared to fire, when a person learns Torah Lishma, that fire cashes out the impurities. It cleanses the impurities from the person who's learning Torah. In other words, the impurities of the character. That it's much easier for this person to be forgiving. But for a person to reach the ultimate state of personal refinement, that the person is so advanced that they don't even feel the shame in the first place, that's still going to require a lot of personal and a very unique kind of avoider for the person to reach that point. So what are we seeing? Rabbi Mary says, there are a whole lot of areas of your personal development you worried might lag because you're involved in Torah Lishma. Don't worry. Debesh is going to give you a whole lot of schusim and make it easier for you to achieve in those areas of your avoider. Besides that, besides that, there are also other things that the Eibusha gifts to this person for learning Torah Lishma, full on. Without any unique effort on his behalf. For example, to love people. To bring joy to the Eibusha and to people. The fact that people will benefit from the person's advice and insight. And the ability to be a leader and to have insight into halacha, etc. And because we see that one of the benefits of learning Torah Lishma is that a person becomes somebody who loves others and brings simcha to others, that's why this person doesn't have to worry what about my gemilas chasodim what about my interpersonal relationships you don't have to worry part of the benefit of learning Torah Lishma is that it breeds a person who loves other people and causes other people joy in their lives Especially when you consider that when a person learns Torah Lishma, it's going to elevate their entire intellectual ability. What does it mean, elevate their intellectual ability? It means they'll even have a better insight into regular, natural issues, people's issues. Which means that this person will now have insight where they'll actually be able to give people valuable advice about their day-to-day experiences. 
Not just any advice. Advice that the Torah says people will benefit from. And needless to say, somebody who provides people with that kind of beneficial advice, and even advice that literally saves them, obviously that's going to bring simcha to those people. So what's Rabbi Meir telling us? Because the person learns Torah Lishma, they will help them to really help other people in a very meaningful and true way. And therefore, it turns out that Rabbi Meir's lesson, Rabbi Meir's message has a lesson, not only for those unique individuals who are completely invested in learning Torah Lishma, but even for somebody else. People like us who might think, we might think, look at those people. They're completely engaged in Torah learning all day long. So they're out of touch with reality and they're out of touch with other people. He can't know anything about the world. Because if he understands the world, then surely that in itself tells me he's not really engaged 24-7 in Torah learning. So the average person is going to think, that's the last person I'm going to go to for advice in my normal day-to-day issues or in communal issues. Let's say somebody who's completely divorced from reality. warns us, guess what? It's the exact opposite. Because this person is so dedicated to learning Torah, for Torah's sake, without any vested interest, is this person lands up having a more whole and, or, you know, encompassing view and understanding of the world. That's why you can get so much benefit from listening to him. As the of When this person gives you aids, gives you advice and insight, it is beneficial advice. Why? Because this person sees MS. Oberpastus. Put it simply. Here you're talking about a person whose life is dedicated to right? So you ask him a question. If he's not clear about it, then he'll tell you, I'm not qualified, I'm not going to advise you. There's no downside. But on the other hand, but let's say the person does give their perspective and advice. Then it's done chloras, that's the emes and richtika, itzaf as a shear, like Then you have to know what they're advising is the truth as Torah, which is absolute truth, defines it. In other words, you couldn't get better advice. And if you think, mm, what this person is suggesting doesn't sound rational to me, Considering that, as Rabbi Meir defines, the person whose life is dedicated to learning Torah Lishma is somebody who loves and brings joy to other people. You can be absolutely sure that you will gain value from that person's advice. You have to know. This is somebody who loves you. He's coming with a koyach of Torah. You can only benefit and gain from his advice. And with that we can understand the very last statement Rabbi Meir makes, which is that the learning Torah makes the person great and elevates him over all actions. 
Rabbi is not just doubling up the same message in two different flowery ways. Based on what we have learned, we can now know as in them, when you describe a person who is completely invested in learning Torah Lishma, there are actually two different kinds of person you could be talking about. One dimension of the person who learns Torah Lishma is this person is completely caught up in Hashem's Torah. Torah is totally beyond the limits of this world. So this person is beyond the limitations of the daily stuff of life. And Beis, on the other hand, So he may be at a level that is completely divorced from the world, but because of all of the values and benefits that David shares with him because of his dedication, that gives this person an attachment and insight to the world that is extremely valuable. Even though admittedly all these great insights and, and traits that this person has are much, much lower then the great value, which is somebody who's completely dedicated to learning Torah Lishma. With those two different elements in mind, the fact that he's completely beyond the stuff of this world, and on the other hand, completely geared to be able to help this world in the most profound way, those are the two expressions that Rabbi Meir uses. If you use the word great or large, big, that is a relative word, which implies somebody else is not as great. That's right. It's a, it's a relative term. When you use the word exalted, you're saying there's no comparison. There's no relativity over here. It's an exponential difference between one person and the next. Let's translate that into our scenario. When you consider all the great benefits that David promises the Jew who learns Torah Lishma, which as we've mentioned are all things that are relative to this world. They're things that impact this world, having an effect on others, giving advice about practical things, etc. So in that perspective we say this, he's the greatest of all the people out there. It's a relative greatness. Out of all the people, all the advisors, all the issues out there, he's the greatest person around. Now, it's Gassifunze. So he's relative to, but greater than. But when you look at the real value of this person who's learning Torah, which is that his greatness is he's learning Torah Lishma. That puts this individual into a different category altogether that is totally removed from all the things of this world. That is It elevates and exalts him over all the things of this world. Let's be honest. This concept of being 24-7 engaged in learning Torah Lishma is not something most of us are able to relate to or apply in our lives. But Al-Trebbe tells us, Every single Jewish person, every single time you sit down to learn Torah, has to at least briefly have the intention, I'm learning Torah for Hashem's sake. Even if that's not what I'm always thinking, what I'm always doing. Then we can explain why that is. Obviously, Hashem's Torah is infinite. 
So an infinite wisdom cannot be contained in the faculties of a finite human. Unless that finite human is able to completely surrender himself. If that human is willing to completely surrender himself, then he is open to be able to receive Hashem's infinite wisdom. We have a great example of this at the time the Torah was given originally. How did the Jews make themselves or ready themselves to be able to receive the infinite wisdom of Torah? They had to say, We'll do whatever Hashem says. And first commit themselves to doing before understanding, which is Bittl. So how do you access Torah for real? Through Bittl. Being able to relinquish self. If that's true then, it's true of each of us now. Before you begin the actual process of studying Torah, now. Even though the Gemara says that the halacha is you should learn Torah even with, without the best intentions. Still, there has to be some element of accepting the authority and wisdom of Torah. Because it's only through that acceptance and that bittle that we could be learning Hashem's infinite Torah and not just slivers of wisdom that happen to fall off. The only way to get to Hashem's Torah, complete self-surrender. Self-surrender means I'm learning Torah. Why? For its sake, not for me. The person has no vested interest. Because a vested interest implies a personal ego. The person has to approach Torah with just the sense of the Torah itself. That's why when they put together the Brisa that forms the sixth chapter of Pirkei Ovois, which is all about Kenyan HaTorah, how you go about acquiring the wisdom of Torah, what's the first thing we're taught? Rabbi Meir's teaching. Because if you think about it, it actually doesn't seem to make sense rationally. Surely we should have started first with the Brises that speak about new, you should learn Torah. And then work our way up until eventually we get to the apex of learning Torah, which is learning Torah while Lishma. Instead, what happens? We start first with the one about Lishma. Why is that? Because this b'risa, which is all about accepting and accessing Torah, and we read it specifically right before, we learn it specifically right before Shavuos, which is the time of accepting the Torah. This b'risa is designed to tell us how a Jewish person prepares themselves to receive the Torah on Shavuos. What's the Seder is? So how do you do it? What are you supposed to do? Well, the first thing you have to do is invest completely in learning Torah and in what way? That opens the person up to be able to actually receive Hashem's infinite Torah. And then, like the Altarebbe says, once you have that, that grounding focus, then you can get into the details and you could learn Torah. 
So even for those of us who are not learning Torah all the time, at least somewhere at the beginning of each phase of learning Torah, we should have that awareness and that that insight into Torah and then we can actually learn Hashem's Torah, not just a humanized version of it.